The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's episode number five of The Pinball Show. Riding through the podcast airwaves, I am Ken Cromwell, along with my hosts, Dennis Creasel and Zach Many. We're going to do our best to keep you informed and entertained along the way here for the next hour or two. And before we jump into it, let's check in with the guys. Dennis and Zach, how are you? What's going on? Wow, that was nice. How's it going, Dennis? Uh, listen to that Woo! strong, listen to that strong introduction. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Busy, busy. Are you Corona busy? Yes. Public health. Woo! Good mm. career choice there, bud. <laughs> well, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in my youth. <laughs> when you went to like the school counselor, was she like, <laughs> "Sweetie, um, I'm feeling a little public health for you"? No, What'd she say? you know, they did those. Um, placement style like what career mm-hmm. would you be good in middle in middle school my <laughs> my number one recommended position was teacher oh, i could well, see I that see. Absolutely. no no it was it was ridiculous <laughs> i don't like i don't like repeating myself so i would really struggle with being a teacher and the second thing it recommended was farmer farmer <laughs> yep Farmer Crease. Maybe you could teach a class on agriculture. Just knock it all out at once. Oh, yeah. I, I, th- I think everyone's second thing in Kansas was agriculture. I think they just told us all to be farmers. <laughs> By default. <laughs> Ken, did you have that uh, that sit down? Now, if I did, I don't remember. I, I've, I've had a few sit downs in school, but I was, I was pretty well behaved and I went in and did my business. Nobody told me to do pinball podcasting. I'll tell you that. What really? about you? What, what were you supposed to be? When you grew up, uh, used car salesman. No, (laughs) (laughs) right. Nobody said, I don't know what I was supposed to be. I think it was a medical field or something. I don't know. Science. Who knows? Wow. They really encouraged you guys to shoot above your station. I'll tell you what we, we've got a, a pretty big show as far as stories from all over the place. Let's go ahead. Let's get into the TPN industry news and then, uh, let's get this show rolling. You guys ready? It's time for TPN Industry News. Hello and welcome to this week's Spooky Haggis Industry Talk with Dr. John. I had a chat with Damien about the unfortunate situation with the COVID-19 causing cancellation of Texas and MGC. As we know, he was planning on heading over there to unveil the games and the new playfield. Uh, and this is what he had to say. First thing, lots of condolences to everybody that was involved. I know Ed and Kim and Paul um, must be thoroughly disappointed and it would have been a lot of people to put a lot of work in. So I um, hope everybody's feeling okay with regards to that. Uh, look, I'll take I'll take half a day. I think I took half a day yesterday, which, is, which was a nice novelty. And we'll just regroup and we'll work out the best way to launch. It will most likely just be online now, I would suggest, and um, you know we'll start marketing the the pinball machine that way. I asked whether the show specials will still be going ahead that were mentioned on the Super Awesome Pinball Show. Yes, they will, and we'll um, we'll put the language around that together a little bit better, and we will put a video out probably next week, and we'll just explain to everybody what they get in that special. But yeah, we will still run it for that period from TPF to the end of MGC, like we planned. And I uh, hope everybody takes advantage of it. So for $6,250, what do you get? 
Yes, so it's the fully optioned model. So for that, they get their name in the game. They get custom trim and all the toy kit. Plus, we offer free shipping to anywhere in the world. So it's a saving um, of probably around about $2,000 US. We're also introducing um, a clan haggis membership as well, so automatic clan membership, and that includes a, a goodies bag of a whole bunch of little things, medallions and pins and a couple of pamphlets and some T-shirts and merch and, and whatnot. So there you go. And a can of haggis? And a can of haggis, yes. We might have trouble getting that through customs, but we'll see what we can do. I also asked Amy about the mystery third playfield construction, and I think he's made that especially just to appease Zach, but I'll let him reveal that next week in his video. Hope you all stay safe and well, and I'll catch you all next week. Hey, this is Kaz, your American Pinball correspondent. With Hot Wheels being shown this past week at the Amusement Expo International Trade Show in New Orleans, some fans got a surprise when they got to get some hands-on time with the new game. There were a lot of pictures and videos going around. Looks like everybody had a great time. Now, they were supposed to have an official reveal at the Texas Pinball Festival. That has since been canceled, along with the Midwest Gaming Classic. So I reached out to American Pinball for an official statement. And they said that an informal press release will be coming very soon with high-res photos and videos and more info on pricing will be released very soon. It's being rumored to be around $6,200 but we'll wait for an official word from the team. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. Stern asks for an audit and what to do in a global pandemic. Hey everyone, Craig here again, the Pinball Show's Stern News Correspondent. Well, now that a global pandemic has arrived and people are madly washing their hands, overbuying toilet paper and self-isolating everywhere, Stern quietly sent out a new customer survey looking to analyze audits from Stranger Things owners regardless of their location. Yes, the audit involves downloading game information that would be collected via USB stick and then emailed back to Stern. Hmm. Ken and Dennis, could this information be used to make the code on the game better, or could there be something else at play here? And back in the chat room on a recent special, special when lit Twitch stream, our own Ken Cromwell asked Stern's lead developer extraordinaire Dwight Sullivan how pinball manufacturers will handle new releases during a global pandemic. Dwight responded by saying that the Stern higher-ups have in fact been discussing this very scenario as to whether to delay their next release or reveal to the world what is next for the world's largest pinball manufacturer. But we shall wait and see. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Be safe, wash your hands after pinball, and catch you on the flip side. All right, always good hearing from the correspondents. Thank you. We will cover each story as we see fit here. But more importantly, I wanted to start off with, obviously, globally there's impact with the pandemic of uh, coronavirus and we've recently seen a heavy impact, not only in our personal lives, but in the hobby and industry that we all love via pinball. And specifically, shows being closed. We, we just recently, TPF has uh, decided this is not going to be the year for us. Same thing with MGC. Would like to get a little bit of reaction from the both of you guys. I know you were both headed to TPF. I was not. But when you heard the word that TPF was officially shut down for the year, what was kind of your initial feedback or thoughts i wasn't surprised we talked about it ken at the midweek show i knew it was mm -hmm. kind of gonna happen it's weird it's like pinball man a new release comes out you're you're talking about it, you're talking about it, and then you're kind of over it and can we not just is it that easy dennis can we not just be over it uh, you're the public health guy 
No, I mean, you can be over missing the show. I mean, I suppose that you could do at will. Uh, I mean, my reaction when they canceled it was that I I felt that it was inevitable that they were going to have to. And I'm glad they were able to get the news out at least a few weeks ahead of time. And it was the right thing to do, I well, think, and that's the thing. I had canceled my plans to go down that morning, and it was later that day that they ended up saying that they were canceling the whole show. Obviously, a lot more people were pulling out. Uh, I was planning to drive down with two other people. One had pulled out a few days earlier in the week because they live with a couple family members who would be high risk. Yeah. And... And that was ultimately part of the issue that Tony, my co-host with Eclectic Gamers, and I, we were the last two who were going to drive down together. And it's just like, I got up in the morning, I'm checking the latest case counts, I'm looking up the spread rate, and I'm like, Tony, what do you think? And he's like, I don't think we should do it. I'm like, I can't rationalize it. It's just, I'd have to go and basically say I wasn't going to touch a single machine and it still could be caught so because of the yeah. droplet spread. And a lot of people are – the hand-washing thing is really good advice, but it seems like there are some people that have got it in their heads that as long as they keep their hands clean, they can't catch it. And Agreed. it's like that's not how it works. That's not how it's ever worked. And I, I'm sorry, but it's just – this is a tactile <laughs> hobby. It was a cattle car of an event. TPF is packed, normally at least. And so I just was like, I can't, I can't rationalize it because then I'm going to have to quarantine myself away from other family members that I have that are immunocompromised mm. and I could do it, but it seemed really selfish to say, okay, just stay, stay away from me for 14 days after I come yeah. back because I wanted to go play pinball and I didn't want to cancel. I haven't had a vacation in a year. I'm pissed, but I know you were looking forward to going down and to hang out with your buddies. Yeah, it's like the one pinball show it. I go to. But yeah. I just you've been like, feeling a little black licorice lately, a little bitter. <sighs> Thanks, Zach. I appreciate that. <laughs> Why don't we go on a vacation, all three of us? Let's do it. I don't want to hang out with you. That's fair enough. <laughs> Easily decided. There we go. So, so Zach, yourself as a distributor, I know that you had uh, booth space down at TPF. Had this show not been canceled, can you see yourself and Nicole loading up the flipping out mobile and still heading down to TPF? Or would you have had a change of heart, do you think, by the time that show was going to go on, which was scheduled to be on March 27th? What a difficult, difficult decision. Um, I, I, I had no plans at the time of pulling out, um, but I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. I was confused. I'm still confused as to what is right and what is wrong. I mean, I know that this is the right thing to do, but I, I don't take this many precautions with other other things. I wear my seatbelt, but I don't wear a helmet. I, I speed, you know, I, I do things unhealthy for my body. So I don't know. It feels like a very dichotomous, you know, all or nothing here all of a sudden. So it's kind of, if I'm being transparent, it's kind of just shifting all of my thoughts as to what the hell is going on right now. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I can't recall a situation that has been uh, extremely similar to this. I think what is happening now is that because there is so much uncertainty, I think people are looking for a way to kind of regain control. And that's why you're seeing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for instance, like toilet paper and water being yeah, what's with the that's toilet something that can paper? be controlled. Everything else is I mean, the stuff with the toilet paper are just those are people overreacting. Some of it, some of it is uh, selfishness and some of it are people that thought that they could go and make a quick buck on a pandemic. 
Is somebody really flipping toilet paper? They tried. In fact, oh, yeah, people oh complained and eBay and Amazon have had to shut down sellers because oh they were my. selling toilet paper and N95 masks and hand sanitizer uh, with exorbitant markups. We're talking like 20 times retail. And here I felt bad because I had a Ghostbusters LE listed for 10K new in the box. Jeez. You should feel bad about that, but at least hey. you weren't exploiting the pandemic for it. Okay, fair enough. The reason why it's, I think, different compared to a lot of things, and I see a lot of people that try and do various comparisons, and most of them end up being a false equivalency, though I understand why they don't they don't get it. We haven't really gone through a pandemic in a long time in the U.S., not, not one that took a big foothold. Mm-hmm. And so you can, I mean, public health had to have preparations on Ebola, there was SARS, there was H1N1 stuff. I, I remember all of those, but there was never like a huge, there were there are other things at play. Like Ebola never had a big foothold in, in the U.S., for example, It's a very, which is good. It's a very lethal disease. But the main thing as to why the authorities are taking COVID-19 so seriously is it's a novel virus. It's new. So virtually no one has any antibodies to it. There's mm-hmm. no vaccine to give you any form of protection. You won't get like a partial boost because you got a flu shot either. It's not related to the flu. So that's not going to help you. And currently, none of the antivirals work on it. Hmm. So because of that, there's not a good way to prevent or treat the disease outside of avoiding people to catch it. And we were so slow in the U.S. to start our testing uptake because there was we just we didn't go with the WHO's tests. We developed our own. We did a lot. There were a lot of federal mistakes that happened with this. So it's now in the U.S. It's spread far further than we realized because we didn't test nearly enough. So all they're trying to do, the big expression you're hearing probably even from the politicians at this point is flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. And so it's not about stopping everyone from getting the disease. We're just trying to slow it enough so that we don't run out of ventilators for the people that will otherwise die when they get it. So it's just about flattening that out so that we don't exceed the surge capacity of the hospitals. That's the entire strategy at this point. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. If if we don't slow it down, we don't have enough personal health care to accommodate everybody at one time. It's it'll be a disaster. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, so, so how does this even how does this affect manufacturers? Their workforce would be my like stern in its line. I mean, those uh, employees are in close proximity, and yeah, the, the general recommendations point. in terms of again when we get about that whole droplet spread and being able to inhale the disease is the recommendations last I saw from CDC were you want to make sure that you are at least six feet away from someone else. And you don't want to be within six feet for more than 15 minutes. Otherwise, you would be seen as if someone had coronavirus, that would mean you were likely to catch it if you were that close for that period. Hence, my issue that I had with TPF is I'm going to be within six feet of tons of people for way more than 15 minutes. I just couldn't rationalize it. So are you guys going to work? I mean, what, uh, Dennis, are you still reporting in? What's the deal? Well, I'm the, I'm the only employee where I work. That's self-fitting. <laughs> Yeah, well, I had to. I had to let my. I had to let my other employee go. Uh, not because. Oh, of yeah, no. I, well, I work from home, so I'm in good shape. But you know, my kids. The schools just closed here for three yeah, weeks. So, yeah. going going back to manufacturers, though, I know obviously Dennis is talking about citing health issues from being on the assembly line and whatnot. But from like even a business standpoint, and I'll just cite say Stern Pinball for example, because I know that we're kind of anticipating a new release if you kind of follow their rhythm so to speak mm-hmm. we should be anticipating something here within the next couple of weeks now does stern think 
you know, maybe it's not ideal to release something and, and throw it into the marketplace when we're dealing with a, a global uh, pandemic? Or is it important for them to kind of go with business as usual? Because my initial fear, or I guess concern would be, let's say you have a title that normally would have performed extremely well, but it was hindered because of the time the time of the release being in, in like kind of like a, a semi-public uh, crisis. Do you, do you hinder your ability to capitalize on sales on a game? I, I don't know how that works. I asked uh, in chat when I was running the stream uh, a couple nights ago, and uh, Dwight Sullivan was in chat, and he said that there were higher-ups that were having meetings about that very scenario that day. So it's obviously something that is uh, you know, being under under consideration and is being discussed over at Stern Pinball. What do you guys think? I think the bigger thing that's probably going to affect their ability to sell will be what happens with the market. Do you think that affects anything? Yeah. I was thinking about that. I, yeah, because I think a lot of people in this hobby are day trading or whatever, and they if their stocks aren't doing well, then they don't feel like they have dividend money to spend. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what percentage, it, but I think it's at least a perception thing. Because if the okay. economy slows, other people start to worry that they're going to lose their job. It almost seems like when people are spending money on pinball machines, it's like this throwaway money, and it's not like in and out of the stock market. It depends on the person. So again, I don't. Yeah. I think it. I think it has a bigger impact than the disease specifically would on a person's decision to buy. Like, I, I don't envision a lot of people going. Well, if there wasn't a pandemic, I would order a pinball machine. One could argue the other way though, and say. Well, hell, I'm I'm gonna be cooped up. It'd be nice to at least get that machine I've been wanting for a while. Yeah, I might as well yeah. pull the trigger on it too. That's why I think the if anything suppresses it, it's probably gonna be more the the what's happening with the market. I don't being stuck at home is gonna make people want more games of anything. Otherwise, so. yeah, because I've I've not seen any. I mean, it's still early, but if anything, in the last week or so, I've seen a boost in in sales and deliveries. I'd say the used market seems to be. Uh on a slight uptick right now. And I mm-hmm. think it is because of people's anticipations of maybe spending, you know, extended periods of time at home. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. get a pin or let's expand on the collection a little bit and uh, let's make the best out of a, out of a tricky situation. Yeah, I'm finally getting rid of that damn dial, Dan. Let's get some, yeah. you know, I don't know. Ken, does that feel good? A little market trends there. Careful. You like that? Good. Job. Yeah. Hey. It felt good. Didn't it? Does Chicago have confirmed cases? Uh, yeah, sure. The county in which I live uh, has confirmed cases, and okay. that's you know forty miles west of Chicago. So yeah, it's here. Ooh. I mean, the, normally that's that's a factor in terms of whether or not they'd consider shutting the factory down. If you don't have confirmed cases in the in the community, then I could see them saying, "Well, yeah, there's nothing to flatten yet, so we might as well keep working." Do you think this helps or hinders Jersey Jack with this whole move? I think it helps them. Really. And the reason I say that is if you're in the middle of moving your production line and, and, and your manufacturing, what better way to not have to worry about putting out new machines than this? Mm. Uh, lay low, get everything moved as you can, and, and you don't have to worry about assembly lines or workers. You've, you've already kind of, I would assume you're winding down the workforce over in, in New Jersey, and you're getting ready to hire out here in uh, Elk Grove Village. And uh, I don't know, it just... It's an unfortunate reason for it maybe to be advantageous, but I don't know that I could see it as, as a hindrance, per se. I, I I would see it maybe more as neutral. Just, well, they weren't going to build anyway, so this you know it happens to not be inconveniencing them the way it might be inconveniencing everyone else, but I don't think it actually helps them. Yeah, and Dennis, uh, you and I and Ken were talking in private chat, and you brought up something really interesting. You were talking about how this maybe affects Hot Wheels. How does this affect 
Deep Root, Celts. I mean, hell, oh, Damien I mean, was going to bring Celts think over about, from overseas. Think about from all these plans, all this promotional stuff, think about the damage that's done by having shows that can't be rescheduled and there's no – and because other shows are being canceled as well, that just puts everyone – that otherwise had all these plans behind. I mean, this, uh, it sucks across the board for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And the ones that came to mind were, so Hot Wheels did have a public debut, but it wasn't at a show anyone was expecting. And so other than some- Do you think, Dennis, that they they may have foreseen this circumstance of TPF closing? So they thought, you know, why not get it out there in the public for a, a soft reveal in the event that we don't ever get it to TPF. Do you think that was a possibility? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I mean, the, the, all the trends were there. We had other countries leading uh, in terms of disease outbreak on this, other than people who claim they didn't know. Most people who looked knew. Uh, let's put it that way. So I think it was a happy circumstance. But, I'm but still I, waiting for prices. But I, I do. Too. I, I Kaz think, says rumors in the low sixes. That's that's what Kaz said on the update. So yeah, I I don't think that they. Uh, I don't. It's possible, but I don't think that that was a motivator for them. I think it was, if anything, just almost spontaneous. It, well, let's think too. Felt. We have these reveals that are no longer taking place, and it's going to be disappointing for Haggis, and maybe disappointing for American Pinball, disappointing for any other manufacturer that might have brought something new to TPF, except. Who is still out there ready to do their reveal for the world because they've claimed that they're not going to stop? And Five days still of it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be Deep Root. So Deep Root is still going to have their uh, their reveal, their, uh, I guess, yeah. So their company reveal, their launch, so to speak, in uh, San Antonio, Texas. But this still, I still think this is devastating to them. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it I think it hurt Hot Wheels, but because Hot Wheels got out there and didn't hurt it as bad as these others have been damaged. The the three that are most damaged, uh, starting with the least is Celts, just to show off the new playfield and let people know that how it feels to play the ball on it and such, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty small manufacturer, so I think they'll they'll be all right with that. Uh the second one would be Deep Root. Yeah, they're still mm-hmm. going to do the 5 days of Deep Root. They are taking steps to not have as many people involved live at the event in order I to... I heard about octo-ventilation. Right, too. So there's that. <laughs> in order to have that. But, oh, but the problem is, as cool as that will be, and with everyone cooped up, it gives us something to watch. So that's good. They might actually mm-hmm. get more eyeballs on the reveal itself. But point. they lose all that hands-on experience. And for someone like me who doesn't buy new inbox games unless I play them first, I- I'm out. Until I can mm. try the game. And when's that yeah. going to be? You so, only go to one show a year. Yeah, but I go to the show, Zach. I go to the show. I yeah. think I remember Robert saying, you know, how disappointed he was to had not hit the TPF deadline uh, the year prior. And he said it would absolutely kill him to not be able to hit this deadline. And now he's got his ducks in his row and Aroni's ready to launch. And then TPF cancels. So it's like mm. he can't seem to win with lining up with TPF. It's too bad. No, no. Yeah. And it's just, it's just unfortunate. And then the other one that stands out to me is very unfortunate was all that hyping that Jerry was doing for the new P3 oh, game. Yeah. That's and, a killer. And TPF is his show. That's the one where he brings yeah. a ton of games. It's close by. He's able to do it. He's able to explain the system and his presence isn't like that at any other show. And I just don't think he'll be able to pivot to another show and do it the same way. So that completely swept the legs out from under what I felt was a very aggressive marketing push on his part yes. to promote this new game. 
Well, perhaps these uh, manufacturers can rely a little bit on the pinball media to help get the word out. It also makes me wonder if this entire situation, as unfortunate as it is, may set the tone for an increase in attendance at Chicagoland Pinball Expo in October, because this might be one of the first shows that will be able to be on as scheduled, assuming that the predictions uh, are are semi-correct, where it might take us maybe four to six months to get out of this. Um, do you see that maybe more people saying that, Hey, you know what? I miss TPF. I still want to hang out my pinball buddies and expo is the show that I think I want to do that. I can definitely see that. It's yeah. what are the big shows? It's replay effects and Pinburg for competition. It's Texas pinballs. Dennis was alluding to is the big show. And before in yesteryears, it was the Chicago expo and that's building up year after year over the last right. couple of years. And I think, yeah, I think everything is lining up for Chicago expo to be big this year. It's it's finally the big show that everybody can come back to out of quarantine if it's not still going on. Yeah, I th- I I agree. I think you're going to see an uptick in in attendance for uh, Chicago Expo because other people lost the shows they wanted to go to. And but obviously the thing is that doesn't really help Deep Roots reveal. I mean, who's yeah. going to we can't we being the manufacturers of which I am not one of, but I'm speaking in the royal we anyway cannot hold a half year and then reveal games that were going to be revealed in March and October. Yeah. yeah. And if, and we don't know what they're doing with distribution, if they don't have a distributors, then they're going to have to go up there to show off those games. If anyone lucked out, it was JJP with guns and roses. Mm. Because how do you mean? Because they didn't, there wasn't any hot wheels already got shown at another show. So like some of the hype of the leak is out because it's like it leaked essentially because people got to see it. We still haven't seen guns and roses. Uh, If it was purportedly planned to be revealed at TPF, it didn't happen, but that's okay. They, you know, their hand hasn't been tipped. No one's seen it yet. So they can just choose another show further down the line. And again, get with their move and everything, they might not have been ready to produce them anyway. So in a way they might actually be able to have that, like they did with Wonka, that faster turnaround of, Hey, here's the game. And Hey, look, it's four weeks later and you can have them, which would be a first for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good take on that. I'm noticing online now, it looks like there's some fundraising efforts that are going on um, specifically for uh, TPF at Vanderveen. Any idea on how, and I was thinking about this today, like I'm sure that this is not an ideal situation for anybody or any team that runs a show, but how impactful is it? It's impossible for me to tell, and, and frankly, it's none of my business, but when you see now fundraising efforts, it makes you, you know, potentially concerned is is there a financial crisis for these uh, show promoters do we risk these shows going away unless we're able to fundraise i know dan lucen who runs mgc has just kind of asked that hey if if you don't mind let's not get a refund on these let's go ahead and we'll pass your tickets over for next year and, and they're still good i'm not sure exactly what the specifics are for tpf and in refunds or whatnot i imagine that's it's not something that uh is preferred if if you're going to go the following year that's fine but any comments as far as who do you fundraise for and how much and how do you figure out how that works well in terms of and I know you weren't registered for TPF, so you didn't get the emails. But no, no. When they they emailed out, it it sounded to me with the first email that they indicated they were refunding the tournament. Uh, they were, I believe, refunding the vendors. They asked for, they said they were going to check and see if they could do the pass transfer to 2021 and that maybe it would be possible for those that didn't want to do the pass transfer to get a refund. 
TPF did have in their terms and conditions. I didn't remember it when I bought it because I emailed them after I canceled because I was like, what's your refund policy? Because I, I couldn't find it on the website, but someone sent me the link later and there was no policy. Well, there was a policy. It was a policy of no refunds. In fact, they have a policy for TPF of no refunds, even if the event is canceled. Mm-hmm. So that was the written mm-hmm. policy. So they didn't have to give anyone refunds. And then there was a follow up. Wait, email. so if so if they just canceled the show for no reason, you could not get a refund or correct? Is that, they had, okay. they had language that said that it was a rain okay. or shine event, and the uh, the argument as presented was, well, you're getting a discount by pre-registering, but obviously if the event can't happen, there were still sunk costs, and we have to be able to recover that. I mean, I have my own opinion on that in terms of me canceling. If the event wasn't canceled, I totally understood not get, being able to get my money back. And that's what I was prepared to do. If the event cancels, then because it's been shut down by a government, then there are provisions, I believe, in every standard contract for an event that you don't mm-hmm. owe the facility any of those penalties. Normally, there are steep penalties if you don't make your room counts. If uh, if there's food involved and you don't make your food counts, I don't think that applies to TPF, but but there are other other aspects. Anyway, they but in the follow-up email, they said, we will be able to do refunds, but they would prefer you just to transfer the pass so they don't have to. Sure. So in my mind, I would think, well, if they're offering to do the refunds that they don't have to do legally, they had their disclaimer, then it sounds like they don't need a fundraiser, right? Because they had enough mm. money to do the refunds. That, okay. I mean, that was what I, when I heard about that, I didn't hear about the fundraiser until just before we, we went on. I don't mind if people fundraise for them. Uh, I thought what made sense is what they've done. They've opened the TPF store up so people can buy the merch. Because that's one of the sunk that's costs a good idea. that yeah. he's going to be stuck with. All those shirts, those challenge coins, sell that stuff. Sell it online and then people can buy it that wanted to go. It, he gets his money for the merch. It helps pay for the, a lot of those sunk costs. And, you know, it's still an unfortunate situation, but it should help mitigate a lot of that. So that would have been the avenue I would have explored would have been like ordering shirts and stuff rather than. I don't normally do uh, participate in fundraisers for for-profit entities. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't know the – I just – I'd want to see the books. I, I don't know enough about it. Did – and maybe you guys do – did TPF ask for fundraising or is this just community-driven? I think I it's community-driven. I haven't okay. – I didn't get a request from TPF. Yeah, I think it's, it was opened up by uh, uh, Melissa from Cointaker and uh, it was Melissa and – Who's the other coordinator? Oh, Dr. Penn. Oh. Okay. And then the target amount is what? $10,000? $10,000. And they're, they're already uh, reaching that fairly quick. Mm-hmm. So for those yeah, of you there are a lot of people that, that, that out there. probably prefer doing that to ordering. Well, you know, if you've got a, if you got a drawer full of t-shirts, maybe you don't want another one and you'd rather just <laughs> give some money because of the inconvenience. I, right. I don't see anything wrong with doing a fundraiser. It's, I'd rather just buy merch, if I, you know, do things mm-hmm. like that. Or in my case, I'm saying, yeah, go ahead and, and keep my money and just transfer my Passover because yeah. I really like TPF. Uh, but I think all the steps, once he announced that it was being closed, I think Ed did all the right steps. And he did more than he needed to from those those terms and conditions. So uh, Because we were seeing Dan with MGC initially saying what he would do if he had to cancel. And it was very mm-hmm. transparent. And so that was sort of the model I ended up, and maybe it was unfair, but that's what I was comparing TPF to. Well, TPF was still really radio silent until after the government made the decision. And uh, they both ended up in a place where I thought both shows have done the best they could with a bad situation. 
but I haven't seen any of the shows say that uh, that they needed fundraisers to help them out. That said, I do know a lot of smaller shows struggle to be profitable in the first few years. I don't know what MGC and TPF situation is on a like on an annualized <laughs> basis. I assume they are profitable, but you know that you might not be getting rich off of it because there are yeah. a lot of costs to hosting any event. I did see that Chris Franchi was advertising for the the charity itself or for the fundraising. And he, he, the, the choice of words was indicating like, you know, so we can have a TPF 2021. And that's what kind of shocked me. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, none well, of my emails from Ed made me think that the show yeah. was at risk. That, yeah. I mean, that wasn't my take, but it was, you know, if you want to, I guess be extra sure, uh, yeah. more, more well, money. I mean, $10,000 isn't going to, I would assume isn't going to make or break. TPF running next year, but I'm sure it would help to kind of recoup some some costs and some investment mm-hmm. for uh, for this past year. Right? Yeah, I imagine I mean, the biggest thing are the upfront sunk things like buying all the shirts yeah. that you thought you were going to sell at the door, for example. I mean, right? You're kind of stuck with those. So there's a certain amount of of funding that would be needed, or ideally, you'd have upfront that he was planning to get before April. Guys, I want to know what's going on with my old flame, the Twippies. I was going to bring that up too. Like, it's been a complicated Twippies this year. And now, so you you find the replacement hosts and you get everything ready for TPF. TPF's canceled. The Twippies are going to go on. I think it's going to be Saturday, March 28th. I don't know any of the Mm -hmm. specifics other than it's supposed to be continued to be a live event. How would you guys handle this? What would you do? Oh, my goodness. Maybe I'll go to Dennis first. Well, I mean, I... (laughs) Thanks. Ken. Yeah, Ooh, you're I, welcome. I probably, I mean, if I were doing it because I'm super lazy, is I would, as- I, I think doing it online would make sense. I'd have scaled it way back though, and probably just, you know, it wouldn't have been much of a show because I'm yeah. not, I'm not much of an inspiration though. So don't, don't, don't rely on, don't rely on my ideas to put together anything fun. Uh, my understanding of what's going on with it is. Uh, they're going to do the show online. There will be the there will be hosts. I'm guessing it will still be a Moto and Carrie, but I don't know that for sure. And that the hosts are going to cut to pre-recorded video that the presenters will record and send in. Hmm. How so are they so, going to be together? I wonder. So this gets pre-recorded. Is this going to be a, just a a pre-recorded Twippy event that is then rebroadcast live? Or I mean, how are you going to get all these? How is this going to make sense on Twitch? I, I just know no. from running a pinball stream, we've all done it. It's um, going to be the host. It poses are, its own problems. The hosts are live, and then kind of like how you might show a bumper or a commercial while you yeah. do your live stream, they'll show yeah. the pre-recorded presenter audio, and then they'll show the pre-recorded top three games, and then they will live open and read the winner. It's, so like, it's like year one deluxe. Yeah. Yeah, year one deluxe. There we go. Are the hosts together then, or are they also know. remote in separate spots? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they wow. know, but but I clearly didn't need to know any. That's going to so. be weird if they're separate. So, all right. So so you're speculating that you'll have uh, Carrie Inamoto in one location, hosting off of pre-recorded introductions. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, basically. Except okay. I, with uh, Twitch has got a uh, broadcast feature to allow multiple stream streams to combine together, so they could do it remotely. They wouldn't have to be together. I still can't be able wait to, do to see this. I, I mean, this is going to be. Uh, I mean, they can do it. I mean, all these people are, are are fully capable of hitting it out of the park here, but it's 
Man, for me to get four cameras working uh, in my own little studio sometimes, racking my brain. So that's well, going to be Emoto awesome. Well, and Carrie are veterans of doing I video know, work. I so know. I am still a rookie. You're a veteran to Zach. Hmm. I'll take that. I'm not sure how to take that. Ken, you're doing something with the Twippies, aren't you? A little red carpet? Yeah. So our special and lit podcast channel on Twitch, we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a two hour red carpet event leading up into the Twippies. And then raid that Twippy channel wherever it's hosted. Do you know what? Do we know what Twitch channel that's going to be on? Has that I've, been? I've not announced? heard yet. Okay. Hmm. And then we were going to try to uh, raid that channel so that everybody's there. And then afterwards, we were going to try to do like a little post show recap. Ooh, but, I like uh, that. I don't know what time it's starting, and I don't know. I'm assuming details will be rolling out here shortly because we're uh, under two weeks at this point, right? Yep. Man. Yep. Uh, Come on, so Jeff. It's gonna be. We know it's gonna be on March twenty eighth. Ooh, Jeff's drinking right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tight, but uh, yeah, we've got plenty of support. Yeah, Twippies will go on. It'll be fine. So, in two more episodes, we'll be able to discuss yeah the uh, the success of the Twippies. I swear, the day I heard TPF had to cancel because of uh, COVID nineteen, someone actually suggested holding the Twippy c- celebration until Expo. Ooh, yeah, no. So I, I virtually slapped the taste out of their mouth. Because oh, <laughs> I was like, no, come, you got to be. Come on. It's already so far past when people voted. Yeah. You want to wait till October? People yeah. aren't even going to remember what games came out. I thought Jeff was just going to release the. Just knowing Jeff, I figured like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> just announce the winners and move on. Oh, like post them on the website. So I think the Twippies will be fine. What's interesting this this past year, there was no uh, there was no spooky machine. I don't believe that's been that was eligible for the Twippies, was it? No, I think you're uh, right. Alice, I think Alice yeah. Cooper technically was a 2018 release. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up is because uh, there was a recent podcast, Canadian Pinball Podcast, that reviewed uh, first impressions. Uh, it was a review on Rick and Morty by Spooky Pinball, and what I found interesting is that. Uh, it it was uh, pretty controversial uh, because Scott Denisi then reached out to Chris Coolers from Canada's Pinball Podcast to speak with him over a podcast that was aired the same day as not a really a rebuttal, but like a, uh, a, a reaction or a, a something to discuss what uh what his take was on this there's a follow-up podcast off of the original one that was on earlier today there's two there is two i have not heard the follow-up one but what i found interesting was that uh scott denisi said a couple things that i didn't know about number one being he was talking about the adjustments because canada was having big issues like a lot of people are with that third flipper shot and the shots the design the angles geometry that comes off of that and Chris was very, 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 very vocal about it. And I thought it was interesting because Scott was essentially saying, I think, I'm not sure that that machine that you were playing was set up properly. He talked to the listener about some of the adjustments that can be made on new Rick and Mortys and continued adjustments that Spooky Pinball is making to make mm-hmm. sure that all the shots need to or are where they need to be. He was talking about there's so there's a new a noob noob plastic. Uh, that I think is kind of the sweet spot on that third flipper, you know, that stand-up target. Yeah. I believe if you remove that plastic rail, Scott was saying that there is a way to adjust that rail. And I was very delighted to hear that. If you it can sounds ad- like that rail needs to be adjusted at Spooky. 
to well, be very and honest. Some, peop- some mean, people are having that argument. Some people are saying, well, wait, then that needs to be done there. But he was talking about right. that. This is wild. I didn't see this, but he said that right before production from the Whitewood, the 11th hour, they shifted that upper right flipper down closer to the player a bit uh, in hopes of or the desire was to make that shot better aligned. But it was interesting because I was like, holy crap. Like they did that right before production. That seems so seems did wild. That, did that improve it to what we're seeing now? Or was yeah, it see, to that's the what detriment I mean. I don't the know. design of the play field? What does that mean? Was it harder before? I don't and know. What does that mean? Well, this is the thing like I haven't and I played this at Louisville, too, and I haven't I guess I haven't seen a game yet that's been properly set up. And I'm even thinking about like some of the spooky streams that we saw or the one or two of the streams that we saw from them. It didn't look as as flowy as maybe I anticipated it to be. I'm not saying it's a deal breaker for me, but I guess I would like to see an example of a machine that is properly set up because at this point, I'd like to have expectations set for when I get my game. I want to have something to compare it to. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I don't think that's too much to ask for. I, I would love for Spooky, if they can, just set up a machine how it's supposed to be set up, stream from Spooky or um, at a bar or whatever, and then I just I just want to see how it's supposed to shoot. I mean, because we could talk about making the adjustments all the time, but I, I think fact of the matter is a lot of people are not going to even know that there is that adjustment to be made unless they're deep diving into their pinball media. And that's like podcasts like this. I mean, this is a niche of a niche. See, Dennis, um, we're helping. I, I know you think you are. The other argument is, does it matter? They've already sold out. No, it still matters. You have to have after sales support. You can't just say it, it kind of is what it is unless it is what it is. And again, it's not necessarily a, a deal breaker, but I just I want to know how it's supposed to shoot. Like I I don't I want to know what it's supposed to look like. If I That's played it. the devil's advocate here, I would mm-hmm. say that of the last five pinball machines that I've opened up, regardless of the manufacturer, everyone needs an adjustment. When the stream, I I remember watching their their sneak peek stream, and I remember watching a portion of the dead flip stream that they did on location a little bit Me after too. the sneak peek stream. I didn't remember anyone saying at the time that it wasn't playing right. My my point my point is is that if it wasn't set up like that ship kind of sailed. So mm. they've already done their quote unquote official streams and so that's the setup. I mean that's what was presented. So is that then how the game is intended to shoot? So by watching that stream, that's what you should be able to expect. I mean, on if your I was a buyer, I would assume yes because okay. why else did they not point out that it wasn't set up right? Well, because if I was, I'm trying to think from their perspective, I wouldn't want to identify issues the first time somebody was saying, which is why I've always said, why in the hell is everything live streamed? It doesn't make sense to me, but that's gone. You know, nobody, nobody listens to that, but. Well, you know, when I played the game in Louisville, I hit that garage shot from the upper right flipper the second time that I had the opportunity to do so. So whereas like at that point, I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. But then after that, I don't think I hit it again. But again, I, 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 I guess. Well, that's what, and that's what Scott Denise was saying on this interview. He was saying mm-hmm. if, because the, the player Chris in this situation said that he was hitting that garage shot much more frequently 
then he's claiming about 10% of the time was the only success rate when shooting that inner loop from the top right flipper. And right. Scott said that is indication essentially that if you're hitting the garage easier than the loop, then it was set up incorrectly. Okay. But then he's then he said he didn't know kind of how they were setting them at the factory either when they were building them. So I don't know. But the owner of Jack Bar, I mean, he's he's an experienced pinballer. He owns machines. He knows how to set up his games. And I've heard this that yeah. his machines are in impeccable shape and they're all set up. So if even somebody that's experienced in pinball doesn't know how to properly set up their game, here lies the problem. We need to figure maybe we need to try to see if they can get properly set up before they leave so that there's not any point of contention. But like I have the same problem with orbits. Usually I got a bend rail so that they come back to the flipper so they're not hitting yes, the sling. So that's I'm, notorious I'm fine with, on Stern. Game. Yeah, I'm fine with making the adjustments. But I mean, if it's an adjustment where you're not even quite sure what the results are supposed to be post adjustment, that's where I think it could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, confusing and I guess the the reason I keep bringing it up right now is because again when when my game comes I want I just want it to be set up I don't want to be frustrated tinkering back and forth without knowing uh, where my peak of success is, is supposed to be set at on that shot yeah, on those all, shots. all very good points he also talked about this past weekend writing a lot more music for the Rick and Morty game itself and the music was already pretty phenomenal so even more is coming I, you know, when I hit the start button on there and it's just, it is absolutely Rick and Morty, but it's got a little TNA in it too. Yeah, I, it I do enjoy the music. Scott's got like that signature sound to him and now he's becoming uh, famous for his light shows. So mm-hmm. good for Scott. It's not, no, the game is the game. The game is just not going to be a flow beast. It's just, that's, and maybe it was meant to be, but it's not. So it is what it is. Yeah. But all in all, you know, We shall wait and see, as Craig Bobby says. I want to see what's going to happen. I'm anxiously awaiting my game. Uh, I think I'm number 319, so here's to... What's Bill say? Interesting to see how this all... Real interested to see how it's all going to turn out. Yeah, Bill Webb, baby. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it, Dennis? I I don't have one on order. Well, you're going to play one at uh, Southeast Pizza West. We don't tend to get spooky games. I do know what you're looking forward to, and that's a little bit of <coughs> the pinball shows. Pinball market trends. You just ruined my pinball market trends with your beepity beep bullshit. Are we supposed this to make is... sound effects? Like I didn't no, get that. No, we're not. Much. We can do no. whatever we want during pinball market trends. No, it's memo. a false it's segment. Drink. It's a false memo. Segment. You know what? Dennis Creasel still types out his memos on a typewriter. You know I do have a typewriter, and I don't like you attacking it. Typewriter. Oh no, Doctor Phil! I only use for the anonymous letters. Hey, I heard you on the guys on the midweek show actually plug for reviews on iTunes. I don't know if you've actually read some of the ones that came in. Hey, let's not bring attention to it. No, please. I didn't. I didn't ask for review because I learned my lesson about asking reviews on iTunes. I gotta read you just part of my favorite oh, one, which is no. says, "Even no. Dennis is doing a nice job." <laughs> That's my favorite because <laughs> because the That's listener great. had such a low expectation for me, and I've tried to set that bar low, and I'm I'm glad I'm clearing it even, just off the floor. Even Dennis is doing a great yeah. job. Even oh, even even of all the people that could have done a bad job, you're you very popular in nice the pin job. side thread though. Like Man. you are, uh, you've reached a legendary status over all there. All hail thy creasel. Yep. 
Yeah. If I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say, I wish Dennis was just driving that show and on that show every single week. Oh, you know what else is nice? Training out this week is a little bit of Stern's Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro. Not the premium rally, the pro. You guys believe that? Or you think I'm... I do. I do, not, I do not believe that. Until the code gets... And I think they may have finally pushed out the code change on the LE and premiums, but it was basically not worthy of competition play to use those models. So the pro was where it was at. Absolutely. Pro's where it's at. We know that uh, Stern hasn't had them on the production line here recently. A lot of distributors have had low stocks, if any at all, for the Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro. And then when you start seeing this topper shipping, uh-oh, all of a sudden, competitive pinball players want to play the pro. Uh, uh, the collectors want to have that topper, so they want to play something. Eh, I'll take the pro. So you're seeing a, a, a rise a little bit over about three, four hundred dollars in the last six months on Zach uh, Dennis. Black that Sword that of topper Rage pro. is incredible on Black Knight Sword of Rage, and it's incredibly, incredible. it's under seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yes. Man. To see that rocking and rolling live at Louisville, man, like I want to, I, I, I just want the topper. I mean, the pin's great, but it's and that's awesome. why it's trending up. Also trending up this week is Chicago Gaming Company's Attack from Mars remake. Any guesses, fellas, why that is trending up? Because they are going to stop making them. They have yep. stopped making them. Uh, They've stopped making them for about a month now. They're out of stock. Uh, I'm out of stock. Everybody's out of stock of the attack from Mars. So if you've got yourself an LE, you might want to hold on to that a little bit. Just a little bit. Retain some Another value great topper. There. Another great yeah. topper. Another great topper. Another great topper. All these pins trending up have nice toppers, I noticed. Well, holding steady this week is actually a pinball machine with a holding steady type of topper. And that's Rick and Morty. Now, four or five days ago, I would have said the secondary market pre-order sales would have been up. But with recent mixed reviews, coupled with a flooding, for some reason, of these pre-orders, they're getting about $2,500 a couple days ago. I don't see that I don't see that sticking around. I think they're going to hold steady maybe around the $2,000 range. That's where you're going to see them. And so wouldn't probably, that be trending down if it's no, not going to hold that $2,500? Look, it's, it's holding steady because it's no longer going up and busting through the glass ceiling. But you said you thought it dropped down to two thousand. I'm just glad that I got through that holding steady. Jeez. Oh my god. But it's trending, not holding steady according trending to Trending down this week is why do you do this segment? Trending down this week is the coronavirus. Yeah. It's obvious. Corona? I get it. It's trending down even though it's had exponential growth. COVID, what is it? COVID-19. Coronavirus causes the disease COVID-19. Whatever happened to COVID-18? It's like, well, son of a bitch. My brother always shines. It's hey, always COVID-19. COVID-19, whatever it takes. Yeah. Trending down. It's ruined everything. It's ruined the pinball market trends. I, I can't get my words out. These My co-hosts are making fun of me. It's no fun anymore. I quit. It's over. It's done. Until I can't quit without doing your... Pinball market trends. Wait for it, guys. Ah, uh, patience is a virtue. Deal to the weed. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> you gotta knock that ten thousand dollar Ghostbusters down to ninety eight. You gotta knock it down. <laughs> right. We oh, just unboxed this ten thousand dollar Ghostbusters now seventy eight hundred dollars. What a deal! Whoa. <laughs> right. Walk and eat it. 
Oh my god. Oh. I, I saw that on Facebook What's and I had to click my refresh because I couldn't believe you typed that. Uh, plenty of interest, Mr. Creasel. Plenty of interest. <sighs> no, they're all asking about that Transformers game. Man, that one really went fast. Woo! And then he backed out, and then it went fast again. But no, your deal of the week this week is actually from a friend of mine. Shill, 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 all you want. I don't give a shit. This is a good price. He's got a mousing around over my, my boy Schmitty down here in Edmondsville, Indiana. $3,200 or best offer for this mousing around. The reason, now $3,200 is a little bit high for a mousing around. I get that. But have you tried to find some of the components for a mousing around? It's pretty tough, and this one, is above average players quality the play field itself super super nice i wouldn't even re i wouldn't even uh wouldn't even swap this play field i might pull it up pray cross my fingers together and hope like hell if you pull that mylar it's fine so that you can clear coat it beautifully oh and then chrome it it's already got powder coat on it it's yellow but for thirty two hundred dollars oboe oboe i think it's a deal of the week bye, right bye, bye. i wanted it i just don't have enough room Dennis, what should I do? Not enough room for a mouse and around. Do you guys, uh, do you guys like that game, mouse nope. and around? Are you serious? Yep. It's yeah, it's, second, not, it's not it's one a, that I. Would I mean, it's not like a bottom for. of the barrel system eleven, but to me, it's very second tier. Have you guys shot it? It shoots like yes. An, I've played it a lot. It's center ramp all day. It's boring. Oh, sorry, tournament player, Mister. I must Exploit. compute. What this makes most sense points-wise? No, I like the feel of it, baby. When I'm driving a Ferrari, I don't give a shit what the RPMs are going or how fast that engine. I just want to feel alive. Uh, when you're around, makes driving me feel a lot alive. of Ferraris these days. First, you mispronounced Fiat. Second, <laughs> <laughs> this is neither the Ferrari or the Fiat of System Elevens. <laughs> Be that as it may, it's, it's a like damn the, it's good the Toyota game. Camry. Love you, Barry Orson. Yeah, it's Al like Sword. the Ford Escort of the System 11 era. It is <laughs> not. You take it back. No. <laughs> the Chevy no. Cavalier. God, you guys I are won't take it. tonight. I won't take it back. Just let the listener know that each one of these precious, precious uh, friends of mine want nothing more than this segment to be dead. So write in. Write in. Right now. I don't even know what the email is. But write in to the pinball network at gmail.com. The pinball network at gmail.com. If you really want this dead, then keep it to yourself. But if you want it alive, no, no. Give them an email in to free us. And tell these two they're wrong. And that was no. your pinball show's pinball market rules. Bye, bye, bye. So that's going to wrap up episode number five of the pinball show. <laughs> You can reach us at thepinballshow at gmail.com. You can, can find you? us on Facebook at The Pinball Show. You can reach me specifically on Facebook at Ken Cromwell. Zach, where can they find you? <laughs> Guys, I'm this so is so out of nowhere. So like, we're, There's no direction. It's, you know, if it was like 930 in the morning, that's cool. 12.02 a.m. I've never heard you guys interact like this in all the years that I've listened to <laughs> you guys so interact. Really cut that part like out. you got something happened in the last twelve minutes where you guys are just, <laughs> I'm just I don't tired. know what happened. Oh my is that gosh. what it is? Yeah. I just love that you just led through that whole thing without chuckling <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's past midnight. Oh it's like I said gosh. two hours, guys. We're done. Where can they find you, Dennis? I don't know anymore. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. Uh eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com if they want to email. I, I check that. <laughs> you can catch me at 
thepinballnetwork at gmail.com. We share that email, don't we, fellas? It's we do, like but it's all for like, you and it's all for you and Ken. I, I gotta say, no, I feel it's bad all people sometimes. interacting with Zach. That's become his own little chat. No, room, no, that's that not true. That, I that's check true. Email There's like a I, lot of pandering that I've seen in there. No, mm. I make I make all the messages I read still unread. So that you guys can read them as well. The ones that I reply to, people are like, well, could you just let me know what Zach says? No, like, they uh, do not. <laughs> yes, they yes. do too. I think they're all just trying to like get a flipping out coupon code or something. That's 812-457-9711 for all the most beautiful brand new pinball machines. I'll even deliver them with my Escalera stair climbing hand truck. For Dennis Creasel and Zach Many, I am Ken Cromwell. Always practice safe pinball and trending up. That's good. See my Lord trending up. Uh, don't forget to take some time out of your day and play some pinball so long. Everybody. Dennis, you keep talking about pulling out. I'm just so glad your dad didn't pull out because, buddy, with that, if he would have pulled out, I would have had no friends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's way too good. I'm sorry. Zach slap okay, happy after, after 9.45. Yeah, well, at least he didn't link it back to the UV kits. So. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Four or five days ago, I would have said this. The pre-sales are... The pre-order sales. The pre-order secondary. The f***ing one more time. Oh my gosh. The Please, secondary Josh pre-order sales. Okay, God. assholes. God. The why second. Are you, this, why are you even trending this? God. Beep, beep, beep your ass. <laughs> there's, there's, there's like, there's like 60 of them out there. Oh, but you're going for the pre-orders, right? No, yes. he's talking about people selling the pre-order yes. spot. But right, he doesn't right. know how to articulate it because he forgot how to speak <sighs> English after 10 p.m. It's <laughs> a, different, a different dynamic after 10. Yeah, I need Jesus. to drink this. Okay. Why are we here? Oh, why am I not in bed? Yeah, are you all done? We good? Okay. Now, four or five days ago, I would have said the... <laughs> oh, no, 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 just, oh, guys, let's just let's finish this tomorrow. Holy no, no, cow, we're, we're man. Good. We've been we're on this for four minutes. Out of right. here, calling it to tell you to hurry the fuck up. Let me finish my bit. Dr. Phil's here. Elvin Jones is here. Now, look. Morty, come here, Morty. Oh, no. Oh, what a fun hobby. Oh, no, that was last week. You listened yeah. to the wrong week, Dennis. I was behind. So I listened to all the weeks. No, no, this no. This is no. like, these correspondents <laughs> suck. Oh, shit. So he didn't even listen to last week's episode, right? I, I, I listened. I, do me a favor. Um, splice all this together. And I want you guys to listen to this tomorrow after you've had some rest. No. From about the about the hour and 20 minute mark on, you guys are <laughs> nuts.